get ready to live fearlessly free with Heather Bunch. Do you ever feel stuck? Life, your business, and you aren't sure how to get moving again. Do you ever feel like you're stagnant and you're, you're just not growing? How are your conversations? Curious. Are they dull? They're boring. Or are they vibrant? They're full of new revelations. Welcome to Live Fearlessly Free. I'm your courageous coach, Heather Bunch, and I am here to help you live a life that's fearlessly free so you can stop hiding. You can show up fully yourself and you can fulfill your God-given purpose courageously. Now, we are starting a brand new series because fulfilling our God-given purpose requires us to grow in all areas of our life. And it, it's really easy to get stuck when you're pursuing your dreams or just get stuck in life. And there are 10 surefire ways that'll keep you stuck. So over the next two weeks, we're going to unpack these cherry pitfalls that can keep you from your purpose and what you can do to get unstuck and get moving again. So today's going to be for you if you're tired of where you're at in your life or your business. Today is also for you if you need some help getting unstuck or maybe you need a new perspective to avoid the molasses swamps that keep popping up in your life. And if you're ready to go to the next level so you can fulfill your God-given purpose, today's your day, my friend. I'm just curious, have you ever made a cake or maybe something else that went horribly wrong? Or maybe you tried to make homemade bread for the first time and it came out like hard as a rock, like the rock of Gibraltar hard. Now, I love baking. Like, that's my thing. I love to cook. I've always loved to cook. But it, but when I really look at it, I actually really love to bake. My specialty is coconut cream pie. And I just made one for Easter. My Easter, um, it's the like the number one requested thing from my family. My mom, my two brothers, my dad, it's all their favorite. So it doesn't last very long. And something was went really well this time. I, this, they're like, oh my gosh, this is the best one you've ever made. And I had to stop and think, and I'm like, uh, did I do anything different? Because in order to bake, you follow a recipe. Or at least I follow a recipe. Baking actually takes a little bit more precision than just cooking. Like cooking, I can kind of like taste, test, and you know, I'll like put a little bit of seasoning in my hand and toss it in there and go, oh, that's good. That tastes good. That's how my mom taught me to cook actually to, um, I didn't use measuring spoons. We poured it in my hand, tossed it in there. She said, taste it. You know, you can always add more, but you can't, you can't take any out. So, you know, that's kind of how she taught me to cook. But baking doesn't really work that way. If you get too much of one ingredient, not enough of another, what happens? It doesn't work right. 
Now with my pie, it went super awesome. And I made a little bit of adjustment and I finally figured out what it was. I didn't refrigerate the crust after I baked it. And that was actually the key. I had to, <laughs> I was really late in getting the pie done. I was like, quick, I got to cool the custard down really fast. So I, I put it in a separate pan after the custard was, I made it because it's a homemade custard. So I could cool it off real quick. I baked the crust because you have to like pre-bake the crust and I let it, the crust sit out. And so it never actually got refrigerated. Uh, who knew that was the key? So I'm just going to do that next time because it worked awesome. But I do remember this other time I tried to make some caramels and caramels are a little tricky because you, because when you're um, boiling like the sugars and things like that, you got to, you use like this special candy thermometer and you got to get it to the exact right temperature. And if you don't get it right, it's either too hard or it's too soft. Well, I don't know what I did, but it was like a sticky, ooey gooey mess and it did not work out right. Didn't taste right, didn't look right, not right. Life life can work that way sometimes. If we don't follow the recipes or the principles that God laid out for us, for life, for growth, our life doesn't turn out like it could. Maybe it tasted okay. You ever had one of those recipes where you're like, I made it and it was like, Mm, it does not look like the picture, but it still tasted pretty good. It could turn out like that. Or it could t- end up like my caramels and they went horribly wrong and I chucked them babies in the garbage because they weren't even worth eating. But when we follow the recipe, principles that God put into place, principles for growth, our life can turn out extraordinary. So what I want to do is over the next two weeks, I want to unpack the 10 surefire ways that are going to keep you stuck with life, life that's not working. And then what I want to do is I want to give you the real secret ingredients so that you can get life's recipe working again. You can get unstuck, get out of them ucky, sticky, ucky caramels that didn't work right, and you can get your life working again. So are you ready? So here's the number, here's number one. And these aren't in any particular order. I'm going to, I'm just going to say that. It's not like this is the top 10 things. It's just, these are 10 surefire ways to stay stuck. And the first thing is this, stop learning. Stop learning. When a plant stops growing, what, what happens to it? It actually starts dying. They can't produce fruit and therefore they can't live out their purpose. It is the same for us. If you're not growing, your purpose is dying. When you feel stagnant and you feel unfulfilled, I want you to look and see. Did you stop learning? This could be one of the reasons you're stuck. So what I want to do is I want to talk about how to learn new things. Because here's the thing. If the surefire way of staying stuck is to stop learning, 
then we kind of just, we need to do the opposite. And the opposite is to learn new things. Now there's a, there's a saying, and I, I say it all the time, but it says you learn something new every day. And I have said that. I said that the other day. Somebody said something and I was like, holy cow, I didn't know that. I learned something new every day. But you know what? That isn't always true. No, sometimes I'll randomly learn things from, you know, people that might say something. But you learn new things every day. But if you don't purpose to learn, you'll miss out on learning the new things that are going to help you grow in the right direction. Let me say that again. You'll learn things, new things every day. Random things, interesting things. I learned today that tuxedo uh, originated from Tuxedo Plains, New York. Who knew? But how is that going to help me in life? I don't know. If you don't purpose to learn, you'll miss out on learning the new things that are going to help you grow in the right direction. You see, yes, we want to learn, but we want to actually learn things that are getting us going in the right direction, that are moving us towards our purpose, that are filling us up, that are encouraging us, that are helping us grow, not just random stuff. And don't get me wrong, I love random because I am the queen of random and, you know, I get that. But random doesn't necessarily help me fulfill my purpose. So there are tons of ways you can learn new things, okay? You can take online courses, read books, attend workshops. You can go to seminars, you know. You can learn new skills, expand your knowledge. So what I want to do is I want to talk about five ways to help you learn new things. Because sometimes we just need like a little push in the right direction. So the first thing is this, is I want you to implement active learning. Because if you're just sitting there, staring off into space, listening to something, you're probably not catching what you need to catch. You might be catching some flies because maybe your mouth's hanging open. I've done that. I actually caught a hook in the mouth one time because I was behind my mom when she was fishing and she caught me in the mouth. Not kidding. My mouth was hanging open. So mm, yeah, that wasn't good. Told you. Hashtag queen of random. But active learning is where you're like, you're participating. You're engaging. So an active learning approach involves engaging your senses engaging your mind, engaging your body. It's active. So one of the things you can do is ask questions. That makes you think about what you're learning. So if you're in a position to ask questions, ask questions. And you know what? Even if you're doing an online course and maybe it's self-paced and you know nobody's even there to help you, email the people that did the course if you have a question. And most likely, they will answer it. Take notes. When you are just listening, you're only, you're only gaining, I, I, I apologize, I can't remember the percentage, but it's like less than 10% that you're retaining. But when you actually take notes and engage that way, you retain so much 
more. Then take it to another level and participate in discussion. If you're in some type of experience where there's people around, or maybe you're doing a study together, maybe you're in a small group together, whatever it is, participate in discussion. Don't just sit there and just listen. Can you learn from listening? Yes, you can. But when you're actively participating, you are going to learn more. Now, that doesn't mean you like monopolize the conversation and just keep yakking, but you are participating in the discussion. You know, you are asking questions. You're telling your side of the story and then you're listening to somebody else's side. And, you know, so it's that back and forth. Experiment. Experimenting. Try things out. See if you like them. See if they fit. Like, test things out. Experimenting. And then problem solving. Problem solving is an active way. So you run, you, you're learning, you run it into a problem and you're like, well, I don't know how to fix that. But when you actively start figuring things out, figuring out the problems, figuring out the obstacles, mm, how can I actually implement this in my life? You are actively learning and it's going to stick more. when you are engaged. The second thing is this, is you need to practice. Practice makes perfect. Do you ever hear that one? Actually, it's it's really only kind of partially true. Um, It's if you practice correctly, uh, then that makes perfect. Uh, Because if you are practicing something, but you're continually practicing it the wrong way, you're not getting any better. So, We're never good at anything the first time. Never. So one, let that go. Okay. Let go of perfection because you're not going to be perfect the first time. It's totally okay. I have to remind myself of that because I have kept myself from doing new things, from learning new things because I thought I couldn't get it right the first time. So we're just not going to do it because you know what? I don't want to fail. I don't want to look dumb in front of people is really what it was. I didn't want to be embarrassed. Okay. Let that go. What you need to make sure is that you are practicing it correctly. Now, I remember taking horseback riding lessons when I was a kid. Loved horses. I had a whole podcast episode on the five lessons I learned from my horse. And my instructors were always reminding me, Adele, straighten your back. They were French. Eels down. That was heels down. Uh, But they don't pronounce their H's, so it's eels down. My dad loves to say that one, which is super fun. They were awesome. But here's the thing. I sat there and I was like, dude, I totally thought I was doing it right. Like in my head, I thought I had the right alignment. I thought I was sitting up straight. I thought I had the connection from my ear to my shoulder to my hip and down to my heel. Nope, didn't have it right. They had to keep reminding me to adjust my alignment to get in the right position. Now, the more that I practiced and the more they reminded me, you know, do this and adjust this and change that, the more I learned to feel if I was off or if I was in the right position. And literally the practice 
started to be perfect. So in reality, you have to practice. You have to evaluate. Am I doing this right? Is this going well? And then you refine. So you adjust, make any adjustments. And then you repeat. Practice, evaluate, refine, and repeat. That's the best recipe for success when you are learning. All right, the third thing is this, is find a cohort, okay? Cohort is like your buddy, your peoples, your accountability. It is amazing when you can learn together. You're going to hold each other accountable because you know what? You know you got someone waiting on you and vice versa. Like I do really well with accountability. I deadlines, somebody's waiting on me. I talked about this actually because I'm an obliger. So last week I had a podcast episodes on the four tendencies. So if you're an obliger, get yourself a cohort because this one's important when you're learning. I need accountability to get done what I want to do for myself. So I set it up so I can get what I need and that's okay. But you know what? There's somebody else out there that needs that too and you can help each other. The other things that a cohort is going to do, it's going to create a little bit of competition. Now, I'm talking about the friendly kind of competition because I'm going to be honest, I don't do really well with cutthroat competition. I like, I'm out. Sign me out. Done. Don't, I don't do cutthroat. I really don't. Don't do politics. None of that. that. That's not my jam. But when you have somebody and you guys like have these goals and you're working on things and working towards your dreams and you're doing it together and you're checking in with each other, it creates a little bit of competition. We're like, oh, I'm kind of falling behind. I need to catch up. And it kind of gives you a little push in the right direction. I remember doing this kickboxing class and I tell you what, I worked harder because there was other people around me. Don't know if that was good or bad, but it pushed me. And then I actually kept working harder, not for myself, but there was some uh, really sweet older ladies behind me. They were they were awesome. I loved it, and they always were in the back because they didn't they didn't want to be out front, right? So they would watch me. They told me they're like, "All right, we watch you, so we can know what to do." Because they couldn't really see super well to the front of the class. So then that you know that was like pushed me even more. I'm like, "Oh, I gotta make sure I'm paying attention and staying on target because I'm helping these gals behind me, right?" So it creates a little competition. And finding a cohort, it makes learning more fun. It is always more fun to do stuff together. And look, you get to celebrate your wins. You get to progress together. You get to laugh at your mistakes along the way. Because you know you're going to make them. Because remember, we never do it perfect the first time. So you're going to be making some mistakes. You can make some jokes out of it. You can have some fun So find yourself a cohort. The fourth thing is this, is use different resources. Here's the thing. Everybody learns different. To learn effectively, you might need to use a variety of resources, okay? It might be books. It might be online courses. It might be workshops, like in person or, you know, online. It might be videos or podcasts. All of that can help you gain a deeper understanding of the topic you want to learn. Listen, you might need hands-on instead of theory. 
It, it depends. You know, we all learn different. So I want you to think about how you learn best. Are you auditory? Do you learn best by hearing? Are you visual? Like you need to see it in order to be able to do it? Are you kinesthetic? That's like hands-on learning. Like I got to touch it. I got to get get down to the nitty-gritty and touch the Play-Doh in order to actually learn. Like how do you learn best? Figure that out and, and implement that into your learning. Do whatever works best for you. Don't worry about how somebody else learns. I mean, there are people that could literally see something on a page, have it memorized, and dude, they got it. Do you know what? I don't learn that way. I'm like, I'm like a mix. I got to hear it. I got to see it. And I got to do it. I, I need all of them. And you know what? I need repetition. Like again and again and again. That's how I learn best. And I used to feel bad about that. But you know what? It doesn't matter if I learn different from someone else because God made us all different and that's okay. So use different resources. Do what works best for you. And the last thing is this. Make it fun. We need to make it fun. Incorporate creativity fun, enjoyment into the learning process. We learn way better when we're having fun. When we are like sitting there bored to tears, you're not retaining anything or very little. So you can do things like, you know, make games out of it. A lot of things will actually have like, they gamify things. I love it. I've done courses and stuff where they'll do like a bingo board. So I get to, you know, check off things on my bingo. And then if I get it done by a certain time, they might have a like a drawing that I get to do. I love stuff like that. It gets me going and it's fun. You know, you could do, they could do stuff like you could make your own little quizzes, make stuff fun. Hey, make your notes fun. Like get Colored pens, colored pencils, doodle, draw, make mind maps, have fun, get your cohorts involved and make it fun. You will retain more when you have fun. Something else you can do is think about what you're learning and see what other places you could go to make it fun. Maybe there's a park you could go to that has history that you want to, you know, Bob and I actually went to a park and we went to the first governor's house in Missouri. I didn't even know that existed near us. (laughs) And we got to go see this cool old house and there was this cemetery and there was like graves from like the 1700s. I was like, holy cow, I had no idea that was back there. So we were learning as we were walking and enjoying time together. Go to a museum. And they have all kinds of museums. Like, I don't know how, where you're at and what they've got. Like, we've got ones where we've got, like, hands-on museums, like at science centers and city museum and all different kind of things. So check your area because there are places where you can do things that make learning fun. Go to a play. Go to a concert, explore, make it fun. 
you're going to be so more motivated to learn and you really are going to retain information better. So be sure to implement active learning. Practice, 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 but make sure you practice, evaluate, refine, and then repeat. Find yourself a cohort or a couple. I've got, I've got multiple cohorts, okay, because I need lots of help. Use different resources. Know how you learn. Do whatever works best for you and make sure you have fun. All right? That's the recipe to get yourself unstuck. This will get you growing. This will give you things like your conversations when you're talking with people. You've actually got something to talk about instead of like, hey, how's the weather? You know, oh, my dog's doing good. You know. Don't get me wrong, I love talking about my dog, but you kind of run out of things to talk about. So this will liven up your life. Never stop learning. Continue to grow. You will get unstuck and it will help you pursue your goals, pursue your dreams, fulfill your God-given purpose. Listen, my friend, you have got this and Father's got you. I just want to thank you a bunch for listening. And until next time, live fearlessly free.